Welcome to the Young Pro Podcast, where our goal is to better equip people working with young adults to grow God's kingdom. Today, I interview Mike on the topic of transition fail and why the emergence of the young professional age demographic could be the answer to the tens of thousands of Christians who lose their faith in college. I'm your host, Travis Wiesenberg, and this is the Young Pro Podcast. to the Young Pro Podcast. Today we are we are talking about transition fail. And this is, this is a concept that was really brought to the forefront by the youth bridge, the, the bridge that goes across from, from high school until someone is a, a full adult. And Mike, you were you were the main thinker behind the youth bridge. Is that right? Yeah, it was uh, I was asked to do a manual on youth work and I said I think we actually need a vision or a concept that's uh, more substantial and that looks at what does youth work in the high school years look like, what does it look like, what's it supposed to accomplish in the university-aged years, and then after that. Uh, And then the more that I looked at it, and uh, we started doing some youth bridge assessments to find out how we're doing. And we'd find that our programs were working actually pretty well, Mm -hmm. but we would lose a bunch of kids in the transition between high school and college and then lose a bunch of other ones during from college into uh, adult life especially life in the community um, and then the question was why are we why are we failing there so I, then i found this really great slide it was a picture uh, on the internet of course hmm. uh, and it was showing a bridge in construction and you saw the span was already built but the transition between this span and this span wasn't in place. Sure. And therefore, anything that thought it was would be driving across the span at full speed and then end up in the river. <laughs> and I said, okay, there's a transition here that's not working right. Why is it not working right? And then the more that I looked at it, I realized, well, it makes all sorts of sense. Like if you take a kid in, who's, who's highly involved in his youth group mm-hmm. and has a mentor and a, a service and a weekly program and a Bible study and family and church and everything and then you you suddenly stop it in june of his senior year because he's done with the program yeah and then you hope he can hold his breath all the way until september when he goes to college and he does what doesn't get involved in any of those things he has no support system Mm -hmm. Uh, unless he does land well and get all those support systems in place you wonder why do kids how many kids lose their their faith uh at 18. it's not at 18. Mm. It's because they've left the the youth program that was supporting their faith. Yeah. Same thing can happen after after college. So it was looking at those transitions and seeing those transitions are important. That that got me thinking about transition fail as such. And I think it's an issue for us with uh, young professionals as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's a, like the bridge is just a very good uh, yeah symbol for that because their bridge is going. They have. They have their parents, they have their mentors, then all of a sudden it just stops and there's this gap and they fall right in. Why I see it I see it very clearly in high school to college, but it's a little less clear in YPO YPO work. Why is this important in YPO work? Why is transition fail important? Yeah. Well one is because there's a lot of smaller transitions in YPO. Mm. I won't go into that 
much, but it's fairly obvious. Like, I got a job in another city. I moved away from all my friends, my church, et cetera, et cetera. So you got the big transition field that mm. happens after college. That's before we even run into them, so to speak. Right. Um, but part of YPO work should be saying, how do we help land people who are coming out of university programs? Mm-hmm. We need to be looking at that and saying, they may be launching them as really dedicated Christians, but if they land in the river, we're, we're out here, we're supposed to be catching those folks. So the, there's a lot of smaller transition failures that we face as well. So when we have someone in our young professionals outreach that we're working with, uh, they may be uh, living in a men's household and then they move out. That's a transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a place where people lose some of their support system. Yeah. So we're constantly having to look at how do we, how do we support people. Uh, but... I think the uh, so I think one of the the first things to say about transition failure is we don't want it to happen in our work. Um, we want to help people go through life's transitions well, from dating into marriage into family life, uh, from courting someone unsuccessfully. It's a transition. It's a yeah. big emotional transition. Yeah. How do we support people in all the all the transitions that happen? I'm buying a house, therefore I'm not in the men's household, et cetera, et cetera. So we're we're looking to just make sure all the right things, the the long term foundations are in place. In fact, I think it's one of the biggest things that we can provide is those foundations, strong ongoing peer group, in a way that like in high school or in college. You go, I have some friends, they're great friends, they were great for that walk with me, and it was really helpful to have good friends while I was walking through college. Yeah, it is, it is. But you really settle into lifelong relationships Mm post-college. They may be some of your high school friends and the college friends, but they may not be. Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing with with, uh, lifelong vision and mission. Mm -hmm. That's part of what we want to help people with. So YPs seem to be seem to be looking for foundations that's that's something i think that that they're kind of lacking right now i mean obviously the obvious foundation the solid rock to stand on is jesus right yes well okay yes you got you got <laughs> you got the big point there you go that that's, that's important. Right. we talk about that a lot the thing i want to say on it is i think they're looking for more foundations than that and that isn't contradictory to the gospel it doesn't contradict that christ is the solid rock mm. Uh, the fact is that that a lot of people equate that with the Jesus encounter, mm-hmm. as important as that is, giving mm-hmm. your life to the Lord, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The Jesus encounter is like the the the, uh, the secret handshake that gets you into the kingdom. You go, man, I want to learn that one. Yeah, well, it's Christ. You go, yeah, absolutely. But there's more to it than that. A lot of people kind of think that the, the, a, a high-impact, profound conversion experience is enough, but that's not the whole package. That's not what Christ came to give you, is just that. Mm-hmm. He didn't just give us come to give us salvation, a way into to heaven. He's always wanted us to be joined to him and to his body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and um, if you get joined to the body, you get the support systems. Yeah. If you're not joined to the body, you don't have the support systems. It's why the, the mountaintop experience has always been talked about. You know, what happens after the mountaintop experience? Well, if it's not connected to daily life, surprise, surprise, it's a mountaintop experience. You go, yeah, that was cool. But yeah. it doesn't change your life. Yeah. The way the ongoing support system, the ongoing body does. So this age group is now transitioning uh, out of uh, education into real life, and they're looking for solid foundations. Where can I connect? Where can I get genuine relations? Where can I get a home? Where can I get a family? Mm. Uh, what kind of family can I have? What's my purpose? What's my long-term worldview? It's all those kinds of things. That's what they're looking for. That's a normal human thing. 
And yes, Christ came to give us that. He came to give us that through his body, mm-hmm. not just through a personal relationship with him. It's not mm-hmm. Jesus is me. That's individualism. Yeah. That's not Christianity. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, gospel transformation just can't happen without the context of the, of the body. That's Absolutely. That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's, it's often kind of... There's probably some postmodernist individualism that kind of creeps into to keep somebody just at the the God experience, but not actually moving towards the body. And speaking of postmodernism, I think that's that's really where a lot of our young professionals that we're reaching out to. That's what a lot of the the foundations that they've been living and breathing and learning and grappling with. Maybe even the ones that grew up Christian then got into college and now were fed uh, a postmodernist view that that not, there is no truth. Yep. That you can have your truth, I can have my truth. And do you think there's there's really room for for us that that, that that the truth of the gospel can cut through that? I mean, obviously there is, but do you think that's a real hunger right now? I think I see there's some that, that definitely, the question is, would you rather stand firm or be blown around? Postmodernism says there is no standing firm, there is no truth. We are all being blown around, floating with the wind, is is standing firm except except obviously we know it isn't it isn't exactly exactly if you try it is it's one of the the key principles of postmodernism which is that you are floating in the wind there are no uh serious truths uh there's no such thing as beauty there's no such thing as as the purpose in life that people are looking for that just doesn't exist so accept it and live with that reality and then everybody says, but you've just defined the reality different. And they go, yeah, but it doesn't matter whether, whether you do or you don't. So they sentence you to floating in the wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just go, hey, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Uh, but it does. Mm-hmm. Most old people still have a longing for truth. They still have a longing for a natural desire, success rather than failure. They're looking for stability. And typically when they get out of college and they're now starting to really not like in high in high school you start to do i believe this don't i believe this by the time you're getting out of college you've been fed a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and you still had the pressure pressure to write the paper the professor wants mm. not the paper that you necessarily believe yeah you're struggling with some of these things how do i fit how do i belong how do i say yes wherever i can possibly say yes without being a total idiot you get into your young adult years and you start realizing, oh, now I am ready to stand firm, except on what and for what. And maybe there's a few um, um, key areas that I want to stand firm on um, hmm. because I think this is important. And, and, they're, and they're good values, you know, things like I don't want to be a racist. I want to protect the environment. You know, set of the modern ones that are, that are, that are critical and they're good. Yeah. Um, but, but they don't want to float around. They're starting to experience the emptiness of the whole system. Mm. So I think that's one of the uh, things is people are waking up in their young professional years and saying, I think maybe I've been lied to. it seems to work it may seem true but I'm still looking for truth yeah I'm still looking for right I'm still looking for solid even though everybody says there is none of that mm. I'm still looking for it. why am I looking for it and if they see it they might be interested in it. Mm. what about the ones on the flip side because I think you're right I think they're that's something that I, I see more and more as I step out of young into the young professional world is that a lot of my peers 
have kind of believed some of these lies and now get to what they put their foundations on some of these like what you're saying social causes or their career or or maybe even their families and they're and they're finding out what everyone finds out if, if they're honest with themselves that that doesn't satisfy but what about the people that kind of hit, hit that point but they just keep pushing by and they say no regrets right that's i'm just going to keep going and you know is there really a truth it's all good it's all just a part of my journey it's all part of who i am this is just my experiences that i'm i'm living out now yeah well it's interesting because they'll they may well come into a transition fail hmm. as they continue to do that at yeah. some point in time that they may wake up and transition fail from the world as in this sucks <laughs> and I, that whole thing about don't regret it I do regret it you know yeah. I just went out and did something idiotic Yeah. I thought it might be idiotic but whatever you know experience is the whole thing and then the experience really goes bad people go oh, maybe I want to reevaluate it and they realize no regrets doesn't actually work very well because <laughs> they're regretting it Yeah. and so then they're supposed to try to get in a place where they don't regret it well that doesn't quite work so the reality is a lot of people in that age range uh, are experiencing something that can be a launch pad, so to speak, hmm. into real belief hmm. because they're realizing my belief system, the one that I've been taught is true and the one that looks like it's just the way things are doesn't seem to be the way things are. My body doesn't like this. My mind rebels against it the depression I have because of it. I don't like this. Hmm. When they start to have those kinds of, uh, of experiences, they start once again to start looking for truth. They start looking again for beauty. They start looking for, is there another way to think about this? Uh, and that becomes really important. Yeah, there's, there's almost a reverse, as you said, a reverse transition fail from, mm -hmm. instead of like yeah, the high school youth group goer who has all these things set up in their life and and all of a sudden they're pulled back and he goes into a, an environment that's not set up for success. It's now the opposite where maybe someone is accepted uh, the postmodern view because they've, they've been in the classes that have, that have told them these things, they've written the papers that the professor wants to hear, they've been surrounded by all the things in the world that could distract them, parties, friend groups, chasing a career and all of a sudden they're out of it and all those stuffs are peeled back and now the bridge is, is laid bare again for them to, to fall into their life and say, what do I actually believe again? Mm -hmm. And that is a real opportunity for, for real truth to come in. It is. And it's not just an opportunity for, for truth. I think the worldview piece of it is one of the key things about transition fail. Uh, the relational piece is the one that we've mostly centered on so far, mm -hmm. which is I've yeah. lost all my peers. I've yeah. lost my support system. Even if you just go, my support system wasn't supporting me in living a life that was upstanding and good. It was just my support system. I had friends. I belonged to at least a group of people. That group is gone. Mm. I'm looking for another group. You just go, nothing really terribly righteous, holy, or, or you know, admirable about that. It's yeah. just natural human. So we've talked about that a lot. What I'm saying here is that I think in that those post-college years and the young professional years, a lot of what is going on is testing postmodernism hmm. and saying, I don't like this. Hmm. There's something here that isn't working. It, I, I, I've, I've tasted this and I've run with it for a while, but it's not necessarily working so well. Uh, so they're looking for something. They're looking actually for truth. Is there something that does make sense of the world that we live in? And when they run into someone who is peaceful about their worldview, I'm not hmm. talking about 
you know, bang them over the head. You got to believe this. You're nuts, kind of stuff. Yeah. But just simply saying, here's how I see this. Here's how this works for me. It really does explain why this works and why that works, mm. etc. You've got a good worldview. People are going to be attracted to it as they talk to you. Not only are you your, their friend, they're now actually interested in why you seem so peaceful, why you seem so clear about where your life is going, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They say you seem to have found a truth that's deeper than the truth that I found. Of course you're going to be saying eventually, my truth is because of the Lord. But it's not just because of the Lord. It's because the Lord speaks the truth. I am the truth. It's not mm. just, I am Jesus, therefore, oh, wonderful. I didn't know. All I need is Jesus. You go, no, you need Jesus because he is the truth, the way, the life. And mm. you go, yeah, I want that. That becomes attractive. That's the basic gospel. Uh, but people are seeing it from a different perspective because they're ready to see something that has to do with, with the truth. So that was the... The, the second one. I think there's also stuff in terms of like uh, belonging is a huge mm. yeah. It's not just peers. It's identity. Mm. Um, it's like so I've got some friends, but... So it's, it's citizenship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, where are you from? You know, mm. you're sitting on an airplane ride to Asia, you know, and they look at you, okay, white guy, where are you from? Uh, and you could say Germany or you could say the U.S., you could say Canada or whatever, but you were going to answer in some specific way. Hmm. And if they start to drill down, you won't just say, well, I'm from Earth. Yeah. You'll say, no, I'm from America. Okay, where are you from? Well, I'm from Michigan or I'm from Ohio. I'm from wherever. I'm from Alabama, the Crimson Tide. That's the whole story of my life, you know. You go, but that's where you belong. Mm. And that's where you have a sense of identity. And that's where you fit, et cetera, et cetera. And so there's a hunger for that kind of thing. And you say, of course there's a hunger for that. You want citizenship in the kingdom of God. Yeah. That is the firm citizenship that even when your country doesn't do something you like or your, your village betrays you or your family, you know, what's, what's stronger mm. than family citizenship? And you go, yeah, but my family just messed up. You know, my mm. mom and dad divorced or, you know, uh, my uncle's an alcoholic or whatever, whatever, whatever. You just go, you may not take a lot of pride in that. Mm. What you take pride in and ultimately is I belong to a kingdom where things work right. Hmm. Uh, that's where my identity is. I have a higher place of belonging. So there's a lot of stuff in this area. Yeah. Truth, the beauty of, of good relationships, that's attractive to them. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, all anything that is true and good, beautiful, this is what we have to offer. And this group of people, by and large, are looking for that. Yeah, I completely agree. How can we, as YPOs, Briefly, how can we how can we give them this? How can we give them this this vision of citizenship in the kingdom of God, true citizenship, the highest form of citizenship? How can we give them a good dosage of of truth and and beauty as YPOs? I'm, I'm sure it's probably going to be a lot of the stuff that we've already talked about. But just exactly. any thoughts on on that? Yeah, no, I think it is a lot of what we've talked about by providing environments where we are really oriented to them. Hmm. Uh, they have been trained to be selfish. Yeah. Everybody's trained. We're born ready to be selfish. What, uh, let's be honest about it. Yeah. And then you go through high school and college, which are profoundly self-centered years. It's about my education. It's about me. It's about what I'm going to do. It's about, you know, I am important, et cetera, et cetera. And then they get out into the real world and they realize, hmm, maybe it's not all about me. Hmm. Uh, but they still have an orientation um, uh, towards themselves, as we all do. So loving them. Engaging them in, in conversation, introducing them to the things that they really do need. So, in part, what we do is we provide free um, relationship with good people. Hmm. We provide good conversations. We provide opportunity to explore deeper truths. We provide all these kinds of things. And hopefully, they will begin to choose for those things. 
I think the other thing that, that, that's critical to making the whole thing work that we've said, it's not just environments and programs and et cetera, et cetera. It really is the having eyes on people and, mm -hmm. and understanding them pastorally, understanding them with the good shepherd's heart. Hmm. What is it they need? How do I lead them to pastures that are pleasant and green besides restful waters? Go, yeah. That's what you're trying to help a lot of people find because most people in the modern world don't have that. Hmm. That's great. Well, Mike, thank you for diving into this transition field topic with, with me today. It's, it's the young professional outreach world is, is one of the most interesting ones because it in some ways turns this idea of transition fail upside down as a way for actually real avenues and real and real ways to, to bring people back to the Lord. So, so thank you for kind of talking through that with me today. And God bless all you guys who are doing it. It's just fun to see how much difference it makes to, to know these things and then to actually be able to implement them and then see the fruit in people's lives.